0: This program is made possible entirely by the support of listeners just like you. For details, go to the website at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, The Rachel Maddow Show, The Young Turks, The Daily Show, Counterspin, The Colbert Rapport, and markfiore.com. With a bonus video clip for our iPhone app users today from The Daily Show.
1: Here is your next quote.
2: If you don't change your immigration policy,
1: I will have to stop drinking your enjoyable brand of iced tea. (laughs) That was from Twitter. It was one angry woman's reaction to the new immigration policy. Where?
3: In Arizona.
1: Yes. Exactly right. Arizona passed a law requiring police to check the immigrant status of anyone they, quote, lawfully encounter who they suspect might be illegal. Mm -hmm. Now, what might make the police think somebody is illegal? Not their skin, color, or accent. Oh, no, that would be racial profiling. Instead, police will be looking for people who seem really homesick. Mm.
3: <laughs> writing postcards exactly just just
1: standing right. there looking into the distance going
3: hmm. oh if only
1: yeah. should, One. In,
4: in Arizona you should probably not go to a policeman and ask for directions
3: no right.
5: that's out
1: yeah. One, one defender of the bill, a California congressman named Brian Bilbray, said, no, it's you, you not about the skin color or anything else. You can tell people are illegal by the way they dress. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And he's right, of course, because as we all know, they often wear T-shirts that say, I'm with undocumented. Mm. <laughs> well, here's a favorite. My mother smuggled me across the Sonoran Desert, and all I got was a low-paying job you people don't want.
3: <laughs> oh... oh. Mm. You know, I, I think I heard... Isn't, like, the entire city of San Francisco talking Therefore, about yeah. yes. boycotting yeah. Arizona? Well, that's the thing. That's a number hard. of
1: people, including the city of San Francisco, are considering a boycott. By the way, Arizona iced tea made in mm-hmm. Long Island. <laughs> uh, Ironically, Long Island iced tea comes yeah. from a reservoir under Tempe. But- <laughs>
6: immigration reform. Yeah, the long awaited yet largely unexpected fight to reform federal immigration policy is as of today unexpectedly upon us. The tick-tock of what led up to us learning this today is a little bit head spinning. Last night President Obama told reporters on Air Force 1 that Congress probably lacked the quote appetite to take on immigration this election year. That comment from the president led to the broadly understood truth expressed by this completely conclusive Associated Press headline. It's not going to happen. Immigration reform off the agenda. So says Obama. Well, this morning, House Minority Leader John Boehner one-upped the AP saying, quote, there is not a chance that immigration is going to move through the Congress. Not a chance. Not long after Mr. Boehner took up residence on that particular limb, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid got all oh yeah on the subject. Senator Reid called Mr. Boehner's bluff and introduced what he called a framework for overhauling U.S. immigration laws. It spells out tougher border security, high tech ID cards for immigrant workers, a new process to admit temporary workers, tough sanctions on employers who hire people who are in this country illegally, and eventually a path to citizenship for those who are currently here illegally. Neat. It's neat that he introduced it. That's what they want to do. We got a framework. But didn't the president just last night say on his giant aeroplane full of reporters that immigration was off the agenda? Yeah, he did say that. At least that's what everybody thought he said. Tonight it all changed. The president put out a statement that says, quote, the proposal outlined today in the Senate is a very important step in the process of fixing our nation's broken immigration system. What has become increasingly clear is that we can no longer wait to fix our broken immigration system, which Democrats and Republicans alike agreed doesn't work. The president's saying we can no longer wait. Well, okay then. As unlikely as it looked at sunrise today, The Democratic leadership is right now on pretty much the same page about immigration. On the other side of the aisle, however, Republicans are not only not on the same page, they're not even in the same book. As the country prepares now for a new, huge political fight over a critical issue, the Republican Party has a giant crack running right down the middle of it. Arizona's Papers, Please Law was signed last week and while that can be seen as an impressive accomplishment for the right wing of the Republican Party in that state, flexing its legislative muscles, it also really puts the rest of the Republican Party in the country on the spot. Suddenly everyone in the party is expected to go on record now and say what they think about Arizona's way out there anti-immigration law. And while people on the far right of the party who like that law may be excited about that, it is not a recipe for party unity. Take, for example, Tea Party favorite Marco Rubio, the guy who just forced Charlie Crist out of the Republican Party for being too moderate. Marco Rubio released a statement about the Arizona Papers, Please! law, which said in part, quote, I think aspects of the law, especially that dealing with reasonable suspicion, are going to put our law enforcement officers in an incredibly difficult position. It could also unreasonably single out people who are here legally, including many American citizens. So the single most recognizable candidate associated with the Tea Party movement nationwide has just come out against the Papers, Please law. Will all of his supporters in the Tea Party movement also be speaking out against this new law now? You know, all those people protesting too much government intrusion into our lives? If you're really for small government, you'd think they'd be lining up alongside the Tea Party hero, Marco Rubio, to denounce any law that compels people to stop people on the street and demand to see their peepers. A law that presumes you're illegal unless you can prove otherwise. Talk about big government, Who, boy. So far though, not a peep from the Tea Partiers, which is how you get caught out for not actually believing what you say you believe. When you are confronted with a big national story that directly speaks to the thing you say you're concerned about, too much government, and you say nothing, starts to look like maybe your movement is less about your stated principles and more about something else. But the Arizona Papers, Please law is doing more than showcasing the shaky principles of the much vaunted Tea Party movement. It is starting up a real ideological civil war among leaders and elected officials in the Republican Party. As more high profile Republicans are called on to comment on the Arizona law, it just keeps becoming more and more clear how much disagreement there is about it in the Republican Party. Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush said, quote, I think it creates unintended consequences. It places a significant burden on local law enforcement and you have civil liberties issues that are significant as well. Even after trying to come up with an argument for how it wouldn't necessarily have to be implemented in a totally racist way, Karl Rove admitted, quote, I think there's going to be some constitutional problems with the bill. I wish they hadn't passed it in a way. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham also saying a constitutional problem, he says, with the Papers, Please Law. What happened in Arizona is that good people are so afraid of an out-of-control border
7: that they had to resort to a law that I think is unconstitutional.
6: Republican Congressman Connie Mack totally and completely denounced the law today. He issued a statement that said, quote, This law of frontier justice, where law enforcement officials are required to stop anyone based on reasonable suspicion that they may be in the country illegally, is reminiscent of a time during World War II when the Gestapo in Germany stopped people on the street and asked for their papers without probable cause. It shouldn't be against the law to not have proof of citizenship on you. This is not the America I grew up in and believe in, and it's not the America I want my children to grow up. Been. For the record, I am not making a Nazi analogy here. I am quoting Republican Congressman Connie Mack doing that, just so you know what he said. Bob McDonnell, uh, the very conservative Republican governor of Virginia, has also hinted at actually that exact same sentiment. He did it in a radio interview this week.
2: I'm concerned about the whole idea of carrying papers and always have to be able to prove your citizenship. That brings up uh, shades of uh, some other regimes that were not particularly uh, helpful to democracy.
6: Former Arkansas governor and presidential candidate Mike Huckabee registered his displeasure with the new law as well. Um, he did so, though, in the form of a bizarre theme park metaphor. He told the Dallas Morning News, quote, What does concern me is that if it's not carried out and applied carefully, you could end up in the situation where people are indiscriminately stopped who are absolute citizens. America's a lot like Disney World, in that once you get a ticket, you're in. You don't have to keep showing your ticket to keep riding the rides. That's the whole point of liberty straddling the Republican divide on this issue are people like Senator John Cornyn of Texas. He's not exactly sticking up for the Arizona law, but he says it's been misunderstood. Quote, I don't think it is as onerous as it's been represented. Actually, I don't think people misunderstand the Arizona law. This is one of those bills that the more you know about it, the more surprised you are about just how onerous it is. But if you want to get a sense of just how uncomfortable the position is that Republican politicians have been put in by this Arizona law, just watch this next clip. Watch this. This is minority whip, poor minority whip Eric Cantor on ABC yesterday. He's so desperate to not take a stand on the Papers, Please law either way that he basically filibusters the interview.
1: Are you in the Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, Karl Rove camp that this law that Jam Brewer signed in Arizona goes too far, is unenforceable, or lots of questions around how it will be enforced? Or are you in the McCain-Kyle Brewer camp in support of the law? Which but camp are you in? I don't think... I think that's a false choice.
8: How is
7: I that think a false
1: choice? Because,
9: because no one is going to accept the lawlessness. First and foremost, we're a country of laws. Now are you asking whether I think that America is a country of opportunity?
8: Absolutely. Are we a country built on immigrants, absolutely. I'm we asking all if can't you, you agree with Marco and we also um, that
1: the law goes too far. That's listen, what I'm asking. Listen, I'm,
8: I, I can tell you this. I am for making sure that America remains uh, a country that stands of
6: freedom and opportunity for everyone. Also, puppies, I'm totally for puppies. Are you asking me about puppies? I'm so pro-puppies. How dare you insinuate that I'm not pro But That's not what you're asking? Eric Cantor is very sure that he does not have to give a direct answer about the Arizona immigration law because he desperately does not want to. The thing is, every every time a Republican does give a direct answer about the Papers, Please law in Arizona, the divide within the Republican Party on this gets deeper and more public. And it looks like this problem is only going to get worse. Both the problem faced by people who don't believe in presuming everyone is illegal unless they can prove otherwise, the problem of the bill itself, but also the problem for Republicans who are going to have to now continue to fight each other in public over whether we should presume everyone's illegal unless they can prove otherwise. This is a big political problem. Andrea Nill at Think Progress is reporting that legislation similar to the Arizona Papers Please Law may be brought up in at least seven other states besides Arizona. And if Scott McInnes, the Republican frontrunner in the Colorado governor's race, wins that governor's race, you can add Colorado to the list as well. As we noted on this show last night, as a U.S. congressman in 2001, Mr. McInnes, A, had a mustache, and B, argued passionately in favor of racial profiling. This week he promised if elected governor that he would Pursue legislation in Colorado similar to what Arizona's got, which everyone outside of Arizona, who isn't a proponent of the bill, admits is essentially a racial profiling bill. It's turned Arizona that bill into a into a that, that bill has turned Arizona into a civil rights pariah. That bill has turned Arizona into a huge political battleground. battleground. But that bill has also apparently cleaved the Republican Party right in two. Now that the political can of worms labeled draconian immigration legislation has been opened by the great state of Arizona, expect a long, bitter, intra-Republican battle on this issue. Just in time for Democrats to lead a charge, finally, for comprehensive federal immigration reform for the whole country. Wow. Stay tuned. Politics is totally different for the whole rest of the year now. This is a big deal.
8: I have my new favorite sheriff. Uh, our least favorite sheriff is in Arizona. Uh, so is our most favorite now. Pima County uh, Sheriff Clarence Dupnik. Uh, first, I want to show you a um, press report about him, which I loved, And then we're going to give you the man himself. Let's go to clip number three.
2: I think the law is uh, one of the worst pieces of legislation I've ever seen in
8: 50 years. Pima County Sheriff Clarence Dupnik says he will not enforce the new immigration law. If the constitutionality of this law is held up, what do you do?
1: Do you enforce it?
2: No, because we're going to keep doing what we've been doing all along. We don't need this law. We're going to stop and detain these people for the Border Patrol.
8: Dupnik calls the law racist and says deputies will be forced to police based on racial profiling. That's why he expects to get sued, whether he enforces the law or not.
2: So we're kind of in a damned if we do, damned if we don't situation. It's just a a stupid uh, law. I've been a cop for 52 years, and if I tell my people to go out and look for A, B, C, or D, they're going to do it. They'll find some flimsy excuse, perhaps, like a taillight that's not working uh, as a, as a uh, basis for a stock, which is a bunch of baloney.
8: Aren't there things you can do to say, hey, we're not going to raise your profile and, and make this law pure? No, I, I,
2: we, could, we could do that. But why would we want to do that and make the local taxpayers pay and clog up the entire system?
8: Dupnik says since federal law supersedes state law, he'll continue to order his deputies to detain illegal immigrants so the Border Patrol can take them into federal custody. What is the solution moving forward?
2: The solution? Uh, November election.
8: (laughs) I love that solution. All right, look, uh, the most important point here is federal law supersedes state law. So now, of course, Republicans are livid about this, and they're like, "How dare you not enforce the law? What kind of a example does that set?" He says, "Look, look, I, I am enforcing the law. It's just federal law supertites state law, So that's what I'm enforcing. And the other thing I loved about that is, for the first time, a cop on camera admitting, "Hey, you know what? <laughs> we pull people over for flimsy excuses all the time, tail like whatever baloney we can come up with if we want to enforce something." You know, if we want to go after a particular set of people or whatever it might be, yeah, yeah, tail taillight, something, you know, we'll make it work. So he's like, look, I don't want him doing it in this case because they'll find a way to target, obviously, Latinos in Arizona for whatever flimsy excuse there is. So he's not going to do it. He's called it racist, disgusting, and stupid, the law. Guy's got some balls on him. I like him. All right, so let's go to his press conference and uh, hear more from our new favorite sheriff, Sheriff Dupnik.
2: I have said some things about the state law. First of all, the state law is unnecessary. We already have the authority uh, to arrest uh, illegal immigrants. We take them into custody and we turn them over to the border patrol. We never asked for the legislature to provide us with this, quote, so-called new tool. And I'm not aware of any law enforcement agency that has asked the legislature for this new law. We've been asked to support the law uh, when they were framing it, and I refused to do that. Mainly because, A, we don't need it. But what they've done in the process of giving us this new law is put us in a damned if we do and damned if we don't situation when it comes to civil suits. What they've done with the law is said if you don't any citizen thinks that you're not enforcing the law, they can sue you. And we already are in a position to get sued, and I know they have uh, sued uh, sheriffs in other parts of the state uh, for profiling. So we're damned if we do, and we're damned if we don't. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood uh, what exists and what, uh, what is really going on. I think the law, as I have said, is uh, unwise, it's stupid, and it's racist. From my point of view, it's a national embarrassment.
8: You go get him, Dupnik! All right, we're on Dupnik's side. Uh, The other important point he made there is, look, we already have the authority. That's what I kept saying throughout this whole thing. What, you can't arrest somebody if you find out they're a legal immigrant and hand them over to the federal authorities or the Border Patrol? Of course you can! And so this is just an extra, like, oh, go out of your way to stop people who might look like illegal immigrants that haven't done anything wrong otherwise. Now, it's not going to work. It's not practical. It's not right. And uh, it's obviously going to cost the state of Arizona a lot of money. L.A. has already pulled a $7.2 million worth of contracts uh, from with the state of Arizona. So there goes that money. The American uh, Immigration Lawyers Association has pulled their conference. There goes that money. And uh, it will continue uh, going forward like this. I love that Nick is standing up to it and said, yeah, I'm going to enforce the law, federal law. So, God bless. Go forward.
10: As Justice Louis Brandeis once wrote, the states are the laboratories of democracy, a place where programs can be developed and tested to help solve national problems. And then there's Arizona. The birthers are back, and this time legislators are listening, passing legislation to require a candidate to show a birth certificate in order to get on the presidential ballot.
9: Arizona becomes the third state to legalize concealed weapons without a permit. Arizona Governor
10: Jan Brewer Friday signed a controversial bill, the toughest state law against illegal immigration in the country. Those three bills were just one week in Arizona. <laughs> one week! <laughs> It-it turns out Arizona's the meth lab of democracy. (laughs) And this immigration law is... uh, What does this draconian new immigration law do, exactly? Increase border patrols, taller fences, uh, piranha moat? Oh, no.
7: It makes it a state crime to be in the U.S. illegally. Legal immigrants must carry paperwork proving their status.
10: (laughs) You know, that's tough. It's not unprecedented, having to carry on your papers. It's the same thing that free black people had to do in 1863. (laughs) Lord knows that didn't leave any residual anger. (laughs) What's the fuss? Police are required to check anyone they have a reasonable suspicion is illegal,
7: and people can sue local governments if they think immigration law is not being
10: enforced. You can sue the police. (laughs) (laughs) For not enforcing partially enough... Help! Police neutrality! (laughs) How much of a reach is this bill? Well, let's hear what Tom Tancredo has to say about it. He's the guy who called Miami a third-world country and said the Minutemen, Border Patrol, aren't vigilantes. They're heroes.
9: I do not want the police here, there, Arizona,
2: anyplace else, pulling people over, because you look like you should be pulled over.
10: He thinks you've gone too far, Arizona. Tom Tancredo. (laughs) The man Mexican parents tell their kids about to get them to eat their vegetables. (laughs) He thinks you've gone too far. It's... it's... he does. It'd be like Ted Nugent... It'd be like Ted Nugent pleading with you to just put down the guns and talk this thing out. But one of the bill's sponsors, State Senator Russell Pierce, explains how laughable, laughable, huh, charges of racial profiling are.
6: The charge by the opponents to this measure (laughs) is that it will encourage, indeed, almost mandate racial profiling.
2: You know, I I have two children, two grandchildren that are
10: Hispanic. (laughs) And I'm going to miss them. Hello there. My nightmare, the shadow in the background of
0: the I am more proud of this show and love working on it more than anything else I've ever done in my life. And the members who sign up and stick with the show are the ones who allow me to follow my passion. Members sign up to donate as little as $5 a month or even $55 a year to support the show. In return, besides my undying gratitude, they also receive bonus material through the members only raw feed. This includes audio and video content from the show and bonus material that would otherwise end up on the cutting room floor. All of this is delivered in organized feeds so members can access what they want and ignore what they don't. If you're a regular listener of this show and appreciate the service it provides, please consider becoming a member by visiting the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks a lot.
9: When Bill O'Reilly was grasping for reasons to support Arizona's new immigration law on May 3rd, this was the best he could do.
7: Arizona had to do something. In the capital city, Phoenix, crime's out of control. For example,
9: last year, New York City, with six times as many residents as Phoenix, had just 16,000 more reported crimes. There are just three problems here. Immigrants tend to commit less crime, so targeting them in order to reduce crime makes no sense. The crime rate in Phoenix is not out of control. It's been dropping sharply. O'Reilly's sleight-of-hand comparison between New York City and Phoenix tell you nothing unless you adjust those numbers to account for the size of the cities, which is something the FBI discourages due to the wide variation in crime reporting between cities. And the FBI notes that any such comparisons, quote, lead to simplistic and or or incomplete analyses that often create misleading perceptions adversely affecting communities and their residents, close quote. But with O'Reilly, an appeal to refrain from hurting certain communities falls on deaf ears. The very next night, he began his show blasting New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg's sensible call to New Yorkers not to scapegoat Pakistanis and Muslims following the arrest of a Pakistani-American suspect in the Times Square bomb case. Quote, well, maybe somebody should remind the mayor that Muslim fanatics have been threatening new york city and the entire country for almost 20 years close quote it's good to know that when a politician comes out against ethnic and religious scapegoating someone in the media can be counted on to take the other side
6: today. Exactly one week after she signed the Papers, Please, anti-immigration bill into law, Arizona's governor, Jan Brewer, signed off on a package of amendments to the new law. That was quick. The original law required police in Arizona to stop people who look like they might be in this country illegally and demand to see papers proving otherwise. The changes passed bar police from using race as a reason to suspect someone is in the country illegally, though still no one's come up with any explanation of how exactly a police police officer is supposed to know someone's an illegal immigrant just by looking at him. The new changes also require police to be stopping someone for some other potential violation before they can demand to see immigration paperwork. These changes seemed at the outset and are being pitched by proponents of the law as a softening of this draconian measure. But local reporters and critics of the bill say in practical terms, nothing's really different. They point out that the city and county ordinances that allow police to now demand to see someone's papers include things like proper lawn care and placement of garage sale signs which means the new law still provides very, very, very broad authority and even encouragement for police officers to question people who they think look like they're in the country illegally. It still means you are presumed illegal in Arizona unless you can prove otherwise, and you can still be detained if you can't prove otherwise. Whether or not the tweaks to the new bill will affect the opposition to it remains to be seen. The Papers, Please! law has already provoked a number of boycotts of the whole state, including by the Denver School District and the cities of San Francisco and St. Paul, Minnesota, all of which have banned work-related or publicly funded travel to the state. An independent truckers group is also refusing to transport goods in or out of Arizona for five days. According to the president of the University of Arizona, a number of out-of-state honor students have now decided to attend school elsewhere. And of course, the paper's please controversy has come just in time for pro-immigration reform May Day rallies, which are planned for tomorrow in as many as 70 cities across the country. In Los Angeles alone, 100,000 people are expected at that event. Meanwhile, the great national recoil over the Arizona law looks like it is motivating Democrats in D.C. to make a legitimate push for comprehensive reform. If you were a member of the Democratic leadership right now and you wanted to get at least one more big thing done in Congress before the midterm elections... WHICH WOULD YOU CHOOSE? WOULD YOU CHOOSE THE CLIMATE BILL?
10: TODAY WE'RE ANNOUNCING THE EXPANSION OF OFFSHORE OIL AND GAS EXPLORATION. MY ADMINISTRATION WILL CONSIDER POTENTIAL AREAS FOR DEVELOPMENT IN THE MID- AND SOUTH ATLANTIC AND THE GULF OF MEXICO.
6: WOULD YOU CHOOSE THE CLIMATE BILL? WHOSE POLITICAL VIABILITY HINGED ON THE PRESIDENT FOLDING IN OFFSHORE DRILLING TO GET CONSERVATIVE SUPPORT. YOU WANT TO TRY TO GET THAT THROUGH NOW? Or if you're part of the Democratic leadership in Congress, do you want to try for immigration reform instead, in the wake of the Papers, Please law that has shocked the conscience of the nation and has split the Republican Party right down the middle? If you're in the Democratic leadership right now and you're thinking, which big problem that needs fixing, do you want to try to get done before the election? Do you pick the one that pits the Democrats against each other and the president and the, part- and the President against the party base and much of the country? Or do you pick immigration? which more or less unifies Democrats and which puts Republicans at each other's throats heading into the election.
1: The woman was a dream I had, rather hard to keep. But when my eyes were watching hers, they closed, and I was still asleep.
0: You can now support this podcast as easily as by shopping online. The next time you need to make a purchase of just about anything, simply visit bestofleft.com and use our Amazon.com search box to find what you're looking for. The search box is located right on the side of the website. You can't miss it. When you make your purchase, we get a little commission. It's just another effortless, completely free way for you to help keep the show going strong. Thanks for your support.
1: The place I saw was far beneath the surface of the sea
5: My sight was poor, but I was sure The siren sang the song Above me as I sink. I see them through a crystal maze.
7: And the never-ending maze. It is Immigrant the Heritage Base. Week here in New York City when New Yorkers honor each other's unique cultural ways of avoiding eye contact on the subway. <laughs> but this celebration reminds us that despite our different backgrounds, there is one belief that unites all Americans. The Mexicans are coming. Someone arrest that graphic. Now, you may not be hearing about it much now, but after the banking bill, immigration reform will be the next Topico Muy Caliente in Washington. And Democratic Representative Luis Gutierrez has plenty to say about it. Es tiempo que el presidente actúe. Mire. First of all, an American elected official should not be speaking Spanish. I mean, what if JFK had said "Ich bin ein Berliner" in Spanish? <laughs> Second, we cannot enact immigration reform without first fixing our broken borders. We've tried everything to keep illegals out from volunteer Minutemen to lining the border with our crappiest states. (laughs) But nothing, nothing, folks. Nothing is working. Every day, thousands of illegal, apparently ninjas, (laughs) pour into this country in hopes of finding a good American job only to find that they've got another 8,000 miles to go. Well, there is finally a way to stop the flow of illegals, and it is the subject of tonight's word. No problemo. Folks, my great-grandfather didn't travel 4,000 miles across the ocean to see this country overrun by immigrants. He did it because he killed a man back in Ireland. Thankfully, (laughs) thankfully, Arizona has found a way to solve this problem once and for all.
3: The full Arizona legislature has passed the strictest anti-immigration bill in the country. Here's what's in the bill. If a cop has a reasonable suspicion that someone is here illegally, this requires the officer to ask that person for proof that they're here legally. Now, anyone without documentation showing they're allowed to be in the U.S. legally can be arrested and charged jail costs and also a fine of at least $500.
7: And I believe they're allowed to taser anyone using the word Chipotle. <laughs> now, no surprise, folks, the civil libertistas are up in arms.
4: This is a civil libertarian's
7: nightmare.
3: We have not seen this kind of legislation mm-hmm. since the Jim Crow laws, stopping all of us who are brown skin, legalizing uh, racial profiling. First of all,
7: this is not Jim Crow. Folks... <laughs> It's like... it's like they're saying that harassing Latinos with racial profiling is an inevitable side effect of this law. It's not. It's the entire point of this law. (laughs) Just ask its sponsor, State Senator Russell Pierce, who said, when you make life difficult, most will leave on their own. (laughs) It's the same strategy I use to keep deer out of my garden. (laughs) By the way, if this law fails, we should try sprinkling Arizona with wolf urine. This legislation, (laughs) folks, this legislation gets to the heart of the problem. Illegal immigrants have it too cushy. And folks, (laughs) don't tell me, don't tell me they work hard picking our fruits and vegetables. Every Halloween, I take the kids apple picking, and they love it. (laughs) Well, at least, at least in Arizona, the free ride is over because no illegal immigrant is gonna to want to be pulled over all the time. Or... <laughs> for that matter, legal immigrants, because they look the same, so you have to pull them over, too. Or American citizens of Hispanic descent, uh, or Italians, because, you know, the olive skin, and, let's face it, ravioli is just a wet empanada. And-and-and <laughs> come to think of it... come to think of it, folks, Eskimos are basically ice Mexicans. (laughs) The point is, no immigrants of any kind will want to live in Arizona, which is great. Because already, their illegal immigrant population has dropped 18% since 2008, mostly because of the poor economy. And this bill is going to make the economy even better, by which I mean even worse. (laughs) Because immigrants account for $29 billion of Arizona's economy, and when they leave, that hit to the economic cojones will make sure no one will want to live there. And once there's no people, no problemo. Well, the
5: good guys and the bad guys, would well, they never work fast past noon around here. They sit side by side in the cantinas, talk to senoritas and drink more.
8: ourselves a bit of a mess in arizona uh... they passed this new law saying that uh... it's a state crime to be an illegal immigrant and uh... that the police must ask for documentation they say that it is not based on race uh... but they leave it incredibly vague as to what it is based on uh... that the cop should have a suspicion uh... that someone is there illegally now will they wind up asking more mexican americans of course i mean you'd have to defy reality to say that that's not going to happen right now the other problem is that uh... cops are mandated to do this if they don't they can get sued that's an enormous problem right there but don't worry uh... republicans assure us that ah, nobody will get pulled over don't worry bill is on fox news and he tells us uh... that uh, it'll only happen a couple of times that we shouldn't be too concerned let's go to clip number five does
9: it violate the constitution I doubt that it violates the Constitution. If it does, it's a matter of federal preemption as against, against state law. I don't think it violates anyone's civil rights. And I think, look, I'm a liberal on immigration. I supported the Bush McCain proposals in 2006, took, took a lot of grief from some of my conservative friends on this. I have actually read this bill. It is not draconian. It is not going to lead to major civil rights violations. Will a few people get stopped perhaps because some policeman has reasonable suspicion that a person is illegal? Will he be stopped perhaps on the street and has to provide his driver's license? Yes. That is the huge, horrible civil rights violation that's going to occur five times or eight times or 13 times in Arizona. Meanwhile, Arizona has almost half a million illegal immigrant, immigrants. There are huge burdens on the hospitals and cr- cr- crimes being committed near the border, and it's not unreasonable. Arizona to do this.
8: <laughs> okay, that's great. Oh, it'll only happen five or eight or 13 times. It's not a big deal. And is that the big civil rights violation your Mexican ass got pulled over? So what? Imagine if you dragged Bill Crystal's ass to jail based on his ethnicity, and if you said, hey, look, we're just checking Jews. It's not a big deal, okay? If you can show me your papers, then you can get out of jail. How do you think Bill Crystal would react to that? Oh, come on, Bill, we only did it five or eight or 13 times. Trust us, it won't get out of hand. My guess is he wouldn't take too kindly to that. So, now, has it happened? Instantly, get a load of the local news report in Arizona. Clip number
3: six. Chatty, the husband is a commercial truck driver. He was pulled over this morning, as he says, at Val Vista and the 202 at a weight scale check stop. He was then asked to show his documents. He handed over his commercial vehicle's driver's license and provided a social security number. But apparently, according to him, that wasn't enough.
5: And then he came back and he said, well, I need your birth certificate. certificate? And then. I said, uh, I, it's in my house.
3: And that's when Abden says officers handcuffed him, placing him in a van, transporting him here, to the Immigration and Customs Enforcement building in Phoenix off Central Avenue. I can't even imagine what he felt being put in a vehicle, and people watching, like he was some type of criminal. His wife, Jackie, says she was contacted and told to retrieve Abden's birth certificate. She asked the agent why her husband had been detained, and was told... Because he didn't answer the questions correctly. Um, he stated that you
7: know his mother is in Mexico currently, that's where she lives, and um, I asked him, you know, is it a crime? for his mother to be in Mexico, and he said that it's not, but he just thought
3: it would be suspicious and so... She left work, drove an hour back to Maricopa, where she retrieved his and her documents just in case, showing us Abden was born in Fresno, California. Within about 90 minutes of the time she walked up to the building, Abden was released. Relieved to be out of that building, the two of them still remain baffled at the encounter.
5: I don't think it's correct if I have to take my birth certificate with me all the times, I don't think that that's correct, you know.
3: And, you know, we can be stopped at any time. And we have to show, you know, bring the certificates with us and so forth. You know, it just it doesn't feel like it's a good way of life to live with fear, you know, being stopped, even if we are okay, that we are legal here. Uh, we still have to carry our documents around. with.
8: Now, now, what do we tell you? I said my number one concern was, when do they ask for the documents? If they ask you for your birth certificate, right now, who among you has your birth certificate on you? My guess is zero percent of you. The next time you go to the local supermarket, who's going to take their birth certificate with them? My guess is .0005 percent, because some of you saw this story. Okay? Who, who carries that around? Nobody carries that around. And the only other thing they had was his mom's in Mexico so if my mom goes on vacation I'm a suspect okay so if she goes to Turkey or she goes to France all of a sudden round me up because I don't carry my birth certificate around with me that's crazy no 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 like I said somebody's arrested for something else and you say hey bring in your papers to show that you're legal okay then we're having a conversation but you can't pull over every Mexican in Arizona on the suspicion that they're Mexican no this is crazy
5: And we talked about some old times And we drank ourselves some beers Still crazy after all these years Oh, still crazy after all these years I'm not the kind of man Who tends to socialize I seem to lean on old familiar ways and I ain't no fool for love songs that whisper
11: Down in Arizona, among the cactus and the sage, works a fella keeps us safe from illegal aliens, or immigrants, or whatever you call them lawbreakers. That fella's name is Police State Pete. Why, there's Pete now, arresting with reasonable suspicion. No
5: papers? You're going to jail, amigo!
11: Except turns out that one's part of a family been in these here parts since way back in the days Arizona was Mexico. There's old police state Pete at it again. And that fella sure looks illegal. Papers! Wha- your papers turns out that swarthy dude is just an Italian American visiting from Queens. But you could have fooled me. Never been to Queens. No old Pete, he's no dummy. He knows there's probably some Canadians hiding among them. He's on to one now. Papers, Canuck. I got reasonable suspicion of you. Well, I guess that wasn't an illegal Canadian after all. Apparently, there's a lot of people down here look awful Canadian. Now Police State Pete, he's got another one collared. Could be illegal Canuck, or even European illegal. Quit your struggling woman, where's your papers? Looks like Pete went and arrested himself the governor of Arizona, Brewer, whose name used to be Drink Wine. Sounds mighty French illegal to me. Poor old Police State Pete's got his work cut out for him, with all these illegal looking people. Because out here... Even plants don't stay poor. but I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know that I
5: just want to look some more. And I won't be satisfied till there's nothing.
6: Last night on this show, our guest for the interview was a gentleman named Dan Stein. Dan Stein is president of the group FAIR, which helped write the new Papers, Please Immigration Law down in Arizona. It's just been amended by the state's governor. If you saw that interview last night, you might recall Mr. Stein telling me this.
9: Personally, we never gave that organization a dime.
6: We didn't give that organization a dime. I was asking him then about fair support for a group called Protect Arizona Now. Dan Stein told us point blank last night, quote, we never gave that organization a dime. Should be noted that Mr. Stein was lying uh, when he said that. If you go to his own organization's website, you'll find a press release which quotes, Mr. Stein, Mr. We Didn't Give Them A Dime, saying, quote, This is great. Every dime that FAIR and these other organizations have raised to obtain signatures for Arizona's Protect Arizona Now has been spent in Arizona to get signatures. Again, he told us we didn't give Protect Arizona Now a dime, and on his own website, he's talking about every dime he gave them being accounted for. How many dimes exactly did Mr. Stein and FAIR give Protect Arizona Now that they're now denying? If you go to Mr. Stein's own website, you will find that, quote, FAIR has committed $150,000 to help ensure that the Protect Arizona Now initiative is put before the state's voters in November. If you don't believe FAIR themselves on that number, you can also check their actual payments uh, that were documented on the Arizona Secretary of State website. Quote, this is is the official contribution filing from Protect Arizona Now. You can see there, April 1st, 2004, $50,000 from FAIR. Same day, $50,000 from the FAIR Congressional Task Force. May 11, 2004, $25,500 from FAIR. Same day, $25,000 from the FAIR Congressional Task Force. June 11, $50,000 from FAIR. Same day, $55,000 from the FAIR Congressional Task Force. A grand total of $255,500 paid from FAIR to protect Arizona now. That's on the Arizona Secretary of State's website. It's in the public record. But if you ask FAIR's Dan Stein about that,
9: First of all, we never gave that organization a dime. You're lying when you say that. Uh,
6: that wasn't the only thing that we need to correct the record on from this segment that we did last night. I, I want to be clear here and to do so, um, I need to be a little bit blunt. I did not say anything factually incorrect in our interview last night. Not that we could find any way in our big postmortem fact check that we did on the interview today. But Dan Stein, the president of FAIR, was my guest. And I have always believed that an invitation to be a guest on this show is implicitly an assurance from me to you, the viewer, that the person in my guest chair is worth listening to. And so while I am not trying to be rude to Mr. Stein as a guest, and I know FAIR likes to represent itself as a credible source of information on the subjects they work on, I do feel the need to correct the record on several statements that Dan Stein made on this show as if they were fact that were actually flat out lies or were at least misleading in addition to him lying flat-out about funding that group Protect Arizona Now, there was another sort of weird moment where Dan Stein denied ever saying something that he was reported to have said. Here's how it went. In 1997, uh, you did an interview with Tucker Carlson, and he was asked you to respond to this quote uh, from somebody else who was on FAIR's board of directors. And the quote he was asked you to respond to was this. It would be better to encourage the breeding of more intelligent people rather than less intelligent. He said that in the Tucker context Carlson of expressing, conceded, expressing his alarm about people in other countries reproducing Rachel, too much. Your response Rachel, to that was, let me just finish the question and then you can answer. It works on, every night. I try it. Trust me. She says, your response to that was, "Yes, yeah, so what? What is your problem with that? Should we be subsidizing people with low IQs to have as many children as possible and not subsidizing those with high ones? Did you not say that? Was Rachel, that a misquote from Tucker? No, I didn't say that. It's it an absolute misquote.
9: misquote. Tucker Carlson's admitted that most of the quotes in there were twisted in misquotes.
6: The article with that quote that I just confronted Mr. Stein with was published in The Wall Street Journal uh, in 1997. Uh, It does not appear that a correction was ever printed, nor does there appear to be in any publicly available record any retraction of those quotes by the author of that piece, who is Tucker Carlson. Now, Tucker Carlson is somebody I used to work with here at MSNBC. He's somebody who I have a lot of respect for, despite our political differences. Uh, Today, we put in a message to Tucker's office to find out if he's ever admitted in some off-the-record venue that those creepy Dan Stein quotes. Quotes were all wrong, even though he never, as far as we could tell, publicly retracted those quotes. That would have been a strange and out-of-character thing to do. Tucker's a real journalist, and I would not expect him to operate that way. So far, we haven't directly heard back from Tucker. I will let you know if we do. Uh, for what it's worth, Tucker's article, including those creepy eugenics Dan Stein quotes, was entered into the congressional record by Republican Senator Sam Brownback of Kansas. Also, for what it's worth, Dan Stein agreed to appear on two different shows hosted by Tucker Carlson, and the years after Tucker supposedly so egregious misquoted him and at no time during those appearances did Mr. Stein reference Tucker egregiously misquoting him. In addition to denying his own quotes Dan Stein also attempted to deny an overtly racist quote that I cited from the founder of his organization FAIR. The founder's name is John Tanton. He has argued for the advancement of a European American majority. He's warned white people not to cede power to other ethnic groups who breed war. Wait, wait, wait,
9: wait, wait, wait. Where's the the evidence of that? You said, you made a statement. What's the source of that about him publicly advocating a European-American union?
6: It was a European-American majority, not a European-American union. I think that was just Mr. Stein misspeaking. But but the source of that... Aryan vision, (laughs) as Mr. Stein is surely aware, uh, is at the Bentley Historical Library in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Back in 1984, John Tanton donated all of his personal files to that library. As they put it, he donated 15 linear feet of his papers. Located in box 15 of this collection are 20 folders full of John Tanton's correspondence, including this letter to a fellow member of FAIR. Quote, I've come to the point of view that for European American society and culture to persist requires a European American majority and a clear one at that. Dan Stein's excuse for that sort of language last night was that that was decades ago. Who cares? It doesn't reflect FAIR now. But John Tanton, who is after all the founder of FAIR, the we need a European American majority guy, he remains on FAIR's board of directors today. And it's not just old racist sounding rhetoric from Fair's founder, who's now a member of their board of directors. It's also the staff of Fair hired recently. This is not guilt by association. This is just guilt. FAIR decided to hire Joseph Turner to be their Western Region representative just a few years ago in 2006. Mr. Turner is on record saying stuff like this, quote, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit back and watch my state turn into a third world world cesspool. I consider accusations of bigotry and racism to be complimentary. And, quote, I can make the argument that just because one believes in white separatism, that does not make them a racist. That guy was on FAIR's payroll as recently as 2007. He's not a vague associate of FAIR from the distant past. He is FAIR, as was Rick Altman, shown here at a White Citizens Council meeting. I'm sorry, a Conservative Citizens Council meeting. I forgot they changed their name. You want to see the Council of Conservative Citizens website? We showed you this last night erectus walks amongst us with a mock-up image that some supposed to, I guess, be a cross between a black person and an ape. Here again, Rick Altman in his capacity as a fair employee at the erectus walks amongst us conservative citizens council along with Virginia Abernathy of the aforementioned Protect Arizona Now. Again, this is not guilt by association. This is guilt Saying FAIR is associated with its own founder, with its own board, with its own employees, with its own president, who was our guest last night, is like saying I am associated with Rachel Maddow. (laughs) If it matters to an understanding of FAIR's work including writing Arizona's Papers, Please law. If it matters to an understanding of what they do, that FAIR is connected with the really fringe white supremacist and white separatist movements in this country. The way you document that is by finding out if the group's founder and board and employees and president and funders and the people it funds are tied up in those movements. And it turns out in FAIR's case, they really, really are. The white supremacist movement and white separatist movements in this country are not big movements. They are really fringe. They are really radical. And frankly, they're really weird. Being hooked up with people associated with that fringe of the fringe is not normal conservative politics. This is a tiny radical rump that's been around for a long time in American politics. But it is what fair is all tied up in. The reason the new Arizona immigration law is a subject of national discussion is because it appears to be very focused on race. If you want to know if this Arizona bill is as much about race as it seems, it is germane to look at who wrote the bill and what their motivations might be. FAIR has a moderate reputation has a moderate mainstream reputation, but when your board of directors, your founder, your early funders, your president and your staff are all tied up with this far, far right, tiny rump white supremacist and white separatist movement in this country, you are a lot of things, but you are not mainstream. And it ought to affect our national understanding about what this Arizona bill is and what it means.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Just a couple of quick notes today. I want to remind you again about voting for the Netroots Nation Scholarship that I'm going for. That's sponsored by Democracy for America, Howard Dean's organization. So all you have to do to support me on that is, uh, you know, just give me about 30 seconds of your time. Go to my website, bestoftheleft.com. There's a banner link to the nomination spot where you would uh, click through to nominate me. And that's about all it takes. I just need a few hundred votes, and that'll save hundreds of dollars getting Um, you know tickets to the event and and lodging and all that and as long as you're doing that while you're in the voting mood friends of mine the ones i used to work with are in the middle of attempting to receive a five thousand dollar grant to help fund a, a summer project for them as part of their ongoing effort to fight mountaintop removal mining and and coal energy in general in virginia So I've added a link on the website, you know, directly below the banner for Netroots Nation. You'll see them both. Check them both out if you want to add votes to their cause as well. Uh, That would be great. And then finally, because everyone loves the rule of three, the last thing is, of course, Podcast Alley voting is going on for the month of May. Right now we're in the top 10, which I love. uh, Thanks to everyone who's already voted. We just need a few more votes to make sure we stay there through the end of the month. Now, I just want to thank a couple of members because they make the show possible. Terry S. signed up for her uh, monthly membership back on November 18th. Huge thanks uh, to Terry for sticking around with the show for this long. And to Michael K., who signed up uh, more recently on April 4th and went above and beyond the the minimum subscription level. So a huge thanks for doing that for no other reason than to just help out the show a little bit more. So that's actually going to do it for today, keeping it short and sweet. Please continue to support the show just by telling all of your friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and associates and enemies about it. Tune into the show between episodes on Facebook and Twitter. Help spread the word online that way as well. For details on the show, including links to all the sources and the music used, all of that is always listed in the show notes on the blog. So, coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of the Washington, D.C. Beltway, my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month now, thanks entirely to the support of members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com.
4: Hi there, it's Mike. Here's another unsolicited moment for the podcast listeners. Some things have changed since I sent my first message to Jay. The main change? More podcasts. Ten a month. And there's the iPod apps, the bonus clips divided into different categories for the subscribers. And now Jay has made this podcast his full-time job. Plus, Jay won the Best Produced Podcast of the Year award. By using the Amazon link on the Best of the Left podcast site, you can contribute with every purchase you make at reduced prices on just about everything At Amazon, you can buy music, downloads, furnish your apartments, fill up your cupboards with linens, food, computer supplies, appliances, and on and on and on. Not just the Amazon DVDs and books. In fact, it's hard to name anything that you can't buy at Amazon, and you're contributing at the same time without paying a penny more. Now, my Social Security retirement check doesn't allow for much shopping, but I still manage to make sure Jay has my $5 subscription month after month. It's great to know that even on a meager income, I'm making a big difference in our world keeping the best of the left podcast going and growing and ensuring progressive concepts are introduced heard and passed on i'm proud to be a part of that and you will be too do
3: your part do what you can thanks